You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. The secret to well-being is discovering the power that is your birthright, the power to create a happier, healthier life, drawn from our own vast internal resources. Join Jules and her guests as they gently guide you to shift your perspective from the familiar negative to the divinely connected, a place that will not only positively impact your world, but possibly shift the planet. It's all right here on Law of Attraction Talk Radio. Well, welcome to Law of Attraction Talk Radio. I'm Jules from beautiful Southern California, and I'm so glad you could be with me. You know, I am experiencing some real polarities going on in my life. For instance, you know, during the summer months out here in the desert, it can be anywhere from, I don't know, 95 to 125. But this week, out here in the desert, it's 33, and there's even snow in the hills that I walk. And it is so exciting. So I get to go walking out in 33-degree weather. Oh, my goodness. It is a bit of a challenge that I'm not used to. But I do love living in paradise. And I got to tell you, I have manifested paradise. (laughs) And I'm so thrilled. Anyway, I'm glad you're with us because we have a very, very informative show. And Dr. Andrew Hahn is here to tell us all about the traumas that you have experienced, perhaps in this life, but maybe even in past lives or within the DNA or ancestors or whatever. It's really something to discover your true story. And he's got the keys to it. And he's absolutely brilliant. And he represents LifeCenterTherapy.com. Oh, my goodness. It is mind-blowing, the things that they do there. And they are always looking for people to train because, well, Andy has a very profound reason behind what he does for a living. He really believes that he is helping people to stop suffering. And you know how much I can support that. I'm a firm believer and he's doing it. And you're going to be really happy to learn how he does it. And perhaps you may even want to go and experience the training so that you can help people from stopping their suffering as well. So it's really, really powerful. I think you're really going to enjoy the show today. Before we bring out Andy, though, I would like to talk about this upcoming cruise that you do not want to miss. Oh, my goodness. We've got people flying in from all over the world, and it's going to be magnificent. We have got nine incredible workshops that's going to blow your mind. They're all different. There's going to be channeling. There's going to be the Myro system, which I'm so excited to learn about. There's going to be um, Constance Arnold relationships. And then we're going to learn about the real basics of the law of attraction. Uh, So many things that we're going to be learning on this cruise, especially health and uh, what we can do about it. So I want you to um, go to LOARadioNetwork.com forward slash LOA dash cruise and check it out. You know, for the price of what you're getting on this cruise, five night cruise out of New Orleans, I got to tell you, <laughs> this is a great, great way to have a week long therapy session, a week long session on how to make the most out of the law of attraction. So I hope you'll join us. We're going to have fun, fun, fun. Anyway, with that, let's listen to this fast commercial break about the law of attraction magazine, which is now featuring our January issue. And it also has our guest uh, doing and talking about his article in there, all about life 
heart-centered therapy. It is a phenomenal group you're going to love, and you're going to want to be a part of their training as well so that you can continue on with work. So in any case, let's go to these fast commercial breaks, and we'll be right back with Andrew Hahn, better known as Andy. We'll be right back. It's here, it's hot, and it's a must-read. It's the science behind The Law of Attraction magazine. Every issue brings you great articles and in-depth how-tos from all your favorite Law of Attraction experts, authors, scientists, and medical professionals. Go to lawofattractionmagazine.net. That's lawofattractionmagazine.net. Well, welcome, Andy, to Law of Attraction Talk Radio. I am thrilled to have you on the show today. Well, I am thrilled that you invited me to be on the show today, and I'm thrilled to be here and to have this opportunity to share something that is very dear to my heart and hopefully of great use to people. Uh, You know, I believe it is going to be a great service to people. Um, so I think this show is so important for everyone to really listen to and grasp. But what is really cool is that you are looking to train people to be the coaches, the teachers, the trainers behind all this because you have a bigger plan that, or should I say a bigger desire. So I want you to tell us what that desire is. Um. Okay, my my sense is that there's a lot of suffering in the world and a lot of people who are traumatized and a lot of people who aren't free. And we have a particular way of working with suffering so that you can be free, so you could truly, truly manifest your heart's desires and your intentions. And what I want to be able to do is just share this with the world and see if we can do our little piece to make the world uh, more joyful, freer, more purposeful place. So that's my dream. If uh, And if life lines up with it, that would be a lovely thing. And I appreciate your uh, being of service to that dream. So thank you. Well, my pleasure, because I think this is the forum where all of my listeners are very much into starting careers in which they can be of service to others. That's the most important thing and the commonality that I have found over these 12 years of broadcasting is that I have the best listeners and the people who are really interested in what you have to offer. So I want you to let's start off with explaining what constitutes suffering what constitutes trauma okay i think trauma and suffering from my point of view they're exactly the same thing i think people suffer or they're traumatized when there's some something that can't be handled and integrated so what i think all life is about is mastering what you can't handle, what can't be handled and integrated. And when you can truly handle and integrate everything, you're truly free to be in alignment with whatever life asks of you because there's no anxiety. There's no judgmentalism. There's, there's just evenness. There's just equanimity and balance and a capacity to be open to what life asks and to live it with joy and with aliveness And so here's what I would say. People suffer. When I say they suffer because there's something they can't handle and integrate. Here's what I mean. Let's suppose I have someone in my office, right? And a car backfires and suddenly has a panic attack, right? Now, it probably isn't that he's having a panic attack because a car just backfired. But he might say, I think I'm having a panic attack because I get reactive to cars backfiring. But we might know that that's not the problem, right? So it's an echo of something. And let's suppose 40 years ago, he was in a war and he was the leader of troops. 
And he feels like he didn't pay enough attention one day and he walks his troops into an ambush and bombs go off and they all die. Mm -hmm. And he's there saying, I'm watching all my men die and I betrayed them. Mm -hmm. Right? And as soon as there's something like that that you can't handle and integrate, you stop living in that moment. You keep reliving that moment over and over and over again until you master it. And he may have even forgotten that moment, for example. He may not even know what the problem where it crystallized. But if I could find out what his real problem was, which is betrayal in this case, it's not even loud noises, it's betrayal. So he might have reactions to loud noises, but he might become over-responsible. He might not want to ever take risks. He might, there might all these things that might look like they have nothing to do with each other. But if I could find out what his problem was, that he, is that he believed he betrayed a trust. And I could find out where that happened and we could go back and do it differently. Then he might be free. So I think everything that people suffer about is that. And when they've stopped suffering, they're fully just living in the present moment. Wow. They're fully engaged here now, aligned with the wisdom and understanding and joy and presence and engagement of life. So really what I would say is everything is like that. So why do people go to healers? Because they couldn't handle and integrate something. What is healing? It's mastering what you couldn't handle and integrate. Mm. How do you do it? It's simple. I mean, it's simple to describe. Whenever there's something you can't handle and integrate, in that moment, a sensation is born right? So if my nice man over there or woman has a panic attack and I say, Sam or Susie, what's happening in the body when you're having this panic attack, right? And they say, my throat's closing up. Then I'm going to say something funny to them. I'm going to say, Sam or Susie, you're not having a panic attack. Throat closing up is having a panic attack. It's not your throat, it's throat closing up. And throat closing up was born in a moment, just like Jules was born in a moment, Throat closing up was born in a moment. And just like Jules is identified as Jules, throat closing up is throat closing up. And it's come to share a story, okay? And if we could find its story and we could transform it, theoretically, the next time that a car backfired, that person would say, oh, I'm aware that I'm remembering this thing that happened, but I'm not a slave to it anymore. I'm free, all right? And I think everything is like that. I think inexplicable chronic pain is like that. I think anxiety is like that. I think depression is like that. I think bad relationships, alienation, or you want something and it's not happening in your life. I think it's all variations of the same thing, okay? So all then we have to do is three things. We have to find out what really your intention is, because he might think his intention is not reacting to loud noises. But I know what his true intention in that case would be, would be to be in a different relationship with betraying a trust, right? Mm -hmm. I have to find out where it started, and I have to, because that's where you have the most powers, where something crystallizes, it's where it's the root of it is. And I have to find out if whoever it was where it started needs something other than to share its story in a high vibrational field. Now, what do I mean by a high vibrational field? How are you going to find it? You're going to choose to become throat closing up. And as soon as you choose it, it's like facing the thing that you couldn't handle and integrate. So if I choose to become it, I am now the one who is choosing to become it and it at the same time. So now it's like I'm choosing to be this, but I'm not this. I'm really the one who's witnessing and hosting it while I'm it at the same time. And then it's like it's sharing its story. It's no longer mine. So I'm not attached to it anymore. I'm not identified with it. It's like, oh, I'm in a play if I acted it out. Or, oh, I'm watching a movie. Or, oh, I'm reading a novel. But it isn't who I am. It's just an experience I'm having. And then you're free. And if you're free, you'll know right away because if you really found out what was going on, and if you took care of throat closing up, which in this case would be this person 40 years earlier, if you took care of it either by just letting it share its story, so now you're the one who's witnessing it and hosting it, so you're saying, I'm aware of what happened as opposed to I'm reliving it. So mm -hmm. what you're really doing then is you are remembering something, something that was dismembered, you are remembering, and then you're whole and free again, okay? And sometimes just sharing the story is enough if it's sharing the story. 
its story. But let's say he says, I need to make amends, or she says that, that person says that. Then we'd have to find a way to make amends to all the people who died, which I could theoretically teach you a way to do. And then once that happened, you'd be free. Wow. Everything is like that. And I could tell you story after story of things like that, where people think they want something in their life, but life always gives you what you need. Yeah. This may not think it's giving you what you need. You might think it's an accident and I'm a victim of fate, but really on a whole other level, you'd be attracting exactly what you needed in order to heal and grow, whether that's individually or as a collective or as life itself. So that's what I think we're about. You know, I think this is so interesting because I read in the article that you wrote in the January issue of Law of Attraction magazine, which was a great article. You talked about the novel and looking at yourself as a book and identifying with the character in the book, not with yourself. But I think it also has to do with cellular memory because often with traumas, you don't, it's so hard to go back that it's like you kind of forget, isn't it? No. It's not. Oh, good. Tell us what's... I'm going to tell you why. First of all, if it has to do with cellular memory, then you'd have to understand how a story could come from the future, which some stories do, or you'd have to understand how it's in your ancestral past or your karmic past. So if it's in your karmic past, it can't be cellular because you might be in this story, you might be a a Native American warrior. So it'd be hard to say that was cellular. So what I want to say to you is it's in your energetic field. And I think cellular memory is a manifestation of an energetic. Energetics are more powerful than matter. So let's suppose, I'll give you a different example, and then we'd have to say, how could this be cellular memory? Okay, we had a woman, this is a great story for law of attraction, okay? We had a woman who came in, and she came to a demonstration of ours. And what happened to her was she had a terrible accident. And I'm going to tell you what the accident was seven years before she came to this demonstration. And she had been in excruciating back pain ever since, okay? And she was sure that the reason for her back pain was the accident. Well, I'm, I use a process called kinesiology or muscle testing, and I asked if the problem was a physical trauma, and it said it was not, it was energetic. And not only did it say it was energetic, it said that it had nothing to do with her, that her whole accident was just an exact echo of something else that, was, that she, you could say on a soul level only created in her life in order to remember something worse, okay? Now, I'm going to tell you what we discovered. We discovered that her story was something in what we could call a karmic past life. If you don't believe in past lives, I don't care. I never mentioned the words. If you do, then I mention the words. But if you don't, I say something like, well, have you ever dreamed? And most people cop to dreaming. And I say, well, who do you think created all those characters? So if something happened bad to one of those characters, you could say, well, who is it a representation of, right? And if you don't believe in that, I say, do you ever heard of myths? And most people say, oh, yeah, I've heard of myths. Well, it's like we all have our myths. I mean, who do you think made up the Greek myths where they're all killing each other? It had to have been the people on some archetypal level. But she was open to other lifetimes. So it turned out it was in a karmic past life, okay? And not only did it turn out than that, I mean, it's interesting because this was also a story of betrayal. And it was also a story, I found it was a story of betrayal and a story of an an incomplete death. And I'm going to tell you what happened. When we found out that her story was a story of betrayal and what it really was for her, the core experience of it was I betrayed a sacred trust, okay? That's what the core of it was. And when I muscle tested it, it stayed really strong. And when I had her say this, you know, and her arm stayed very strong, I after that resonated with her. Now I'm going to tell you the whole story, okay? So she's standing up through this whole thing because she says, I have to, I can't sit for more than a few minutes because my back hurts so badly, I'm going to have to keep bouncing up and down like a yo-yo. So she's doing this whole standing up and I'm muscle testing her, which I can talk to you about in a little while. And I find out through the muscle testing that her problem is not this accident. Nothing new happened in the accident. It was just a total reliving of a story from another lifetime that was karmic. It wasn't genealogical. It wasn't in her blood history, it was in her energetic history, because soul comes through blood and it comes through energy, 
So this was in her karmic history, and it was a story of betrayal. So I had her say out loud, I betrayed a sacred trust, and her arm stayed really, really strong, which means yes. And I asked if that resonated with her, and she said yes. And then her back pain became excruciatingly worse, even though she's standing up. So I said, I want you to bring all your attention to back pain and become back pain. And I will tell you what she said, because this was weird for her. She said, this is very strange. I am in a Roman toga, and I am the leader of, it's interesting, I use the example, I'm the leader of like thousands, I'm, I have this enormous army, and I'm the leader, okay? And there's this other general who's leading the other army, and we've talked with each other, and we've decided we're going to fight each other, and not have our men all fight. And that whoever wins, the other side's men have become slaves of the other general, the other leader, okay? So she, as he, goes back to his army and says, I got this, right? Kind of nonchalant and a little bit arrogant. And then they go and fight. They're in a desert. She can see all of this quite vividly. They're in a desert. And she's not really, he is not really paying enough, quite enough attention because a little bit nonchalant, which wait till you hear the story, and gets knocked over by this other general, okay, <clears throat> onto their, their back, okay? And as they try to roll over, right, and get up, a big wind comes up, like a wave of sand comes up and knocks them over, okay? And their last experience, this woman's last experience was this other general is behind her with with a sword raised about to go right like this into where her back pain is. And her final thought is I betrayed thousands of men. Okay. And then she says, I think I must have died. All right. So now we know she has two problems, right? Her first problem is I betrayed thousands of men. And her second problem is she wasn't sure she had died. So I said, you have two problems, right? We're going to have to take care of two things. So the first thing you're going to have to do, because this general was feeling so much of a lack of integrity that the general actually left the body a little before the general died. It's called dissociation in my field. So if you leave the body before you die, you have this funny experience of, of knowing you've died but never experienced dying. So you have to experience dying, okay? So what we did was we had the general call all the parts back into the body and let the general let himself fully die and leave through the crown of the head. And then the general had to go. She said, I have to make amends. So I said, all right, you're going to find the souls of these men and you're going to make amends. Now, how do you make amends? You say, look, I am so sorry, right? And you can't rationalize it. You can't get defensive. You can't say, I, well, there was a reason for it. All you can do is say, I'm so sorry. What was it like for you? Now, usually when you've done that on an egoic level, people like lacerate you. So she goes and find, he goes and finds the soul of these men in what's called the bardo, the time in between lives. And they're all laughing. And, and he says, what? And he, they all say, we forgave you 2000 years ago. Ah! We had to learn a lesson, which is we had to learn we could fight our own fights and take care of ourselves, okay? So, like, and the only way we were going to learn that was if we didn't say, wait a second, you've trained us, you have to let us live our destinies, so this isn't what was supposed to happen, so we had to learn, okay? At which point, this woman gets a beautific smile on her face and looks up and says, I see this light. And she goes to the light, at which point her beautific smile gets way bigger, and she says she's done, okay? That all took about 40 minutes. Now we're at a table. She sits down because she's tired because she's been standing for 40 minutes. She says, I have to sit down for a little while, then I'm going to have to stand back up again. Now we found out, okay, that she was, that the whole thing, her whole betrayal was balanced. And when she, I asked her, what happened to your back pain? She said, it's not there at all. It's gone, wow. okay? But she figured it would come back because it never goes away for more than a little while, even if she's standing. So she goes and sits down and she, people start to talk to her what it was like because she had never had an experience like that and neither had they. And she's doing that. And part of what she does is she tells us the story of what happened in this lifetime. Now, this story is really quite amazing. I'm going to tell you the story. She and a group of mothers are at a beach with no lifeguard. Okay. 
and they've given their kids swimming lessons, all right? So they've trained their kids to swim, and the kids are all out in the ocean swimming, all right? And they're taking turns watching the kids, and it's her turn, but she's kind of nonchalant about it. She figures they're okay. And suddenly she looks, and one of them looks like he's in trouble. So she races out into the ocean, right? And trying to save this kid who she thinks is in trouble, gets knocked over by a wave and hits her back on a rock right where the story was she was stabbed, okay? So she gets knocked over by this wave and falls onto her back and hits her back on this rock. All the kids get out because they've been trained and they have to drag her out of the water, at which point she's told that this accident looks like a really bad car accident, but that was seven years earlier. And this woman, let's just say she was very resourced. She had a lot of resources. She went to every special. She went to chiropractors and medical doctors and specialists and healers and everything, and nobody was touching it. And the reason why nobody was touching it was they didn't know what the problem was. Ah. 2,000 years ago, she had betrayed a trust. So she's sitting there telling us the story, and it gets to be over an hour after she's sitting down. And she says, this is really weird because I'm not feeling any pain. And if I sat for this long, I would be screaming. I should be in so much pain. Now, it turned out that woman had set up a session with me three days later. And she came and she said, three days later, I still don't feel any pain, but I, there's other things I can work on, particularly my over-responsibility and how it is that I feel. I mean, she was, anyway. So I would do that. And she makes a session for a month after that. And she calls me three days before and she says, I'm not coming in because I haven't felt one bit of pain since. Wow. Now, I'm not going to tell you all chronic back pain that is because of quote unquote terrible accidents is energetic. But it, you can see that at what she really was experiencing in this lifetime was a pure echo because I can do my muscle testing. It says nothing new happened in this lifetime. Wow. Okay. And so when I say the law of attraction works, she got exactly what she needed in order to heal and grow. But of course, we're not aware of it. So we say, well, there's a word for it in our field, which I shouldn't probably say. In, but it's, we say it stinks, right? We don't realize that it's because on an ego level, on an egoic level, these things are not very life enhancing necessarily. But on a soul level, we're always doing this. So we have to hold people on two levels always. One is that she's in excruciating pain, right? And on a human level, all you can say is that was awful, whether it was, you know, ritual abuse or terrible accidents or whatever. But on another level, we could say, because sometimes things crystallize in this lifetime, at which point they just keep reacting that one. You know, they keep acting, they keep reliving that. But sometimes it crystallizes someplace else altogether. And this whole life that you work on people say, well, I'm not getting very far. And the reason they're not getting very far is two things. First of all, it's not their problem anyway. It is back pain's problem. Back pain is the one who had the problem, not you. So I can't ask you because you don't know. Because if you knew and you knew what to do about it, you wouldn't be coming to see me. So I'm not going to talk to Jules because Jules, if Jules is suffering about something, by definition, she doesn't know what it is or she doesn't know what to do about it or else she'd say, I'm done. And if she was done, she'd say, I'm free. And I can say yes to everything. At which point she becomes the living embodiment of the Buddha or the Christ or whatever. And then you can just say yes. You, don't you say know, no. I love that. I love that because people have got to realize it's just not pertaining to this life. It could be from other past lives. That's really important. So whatever is stopping us, it actually can manifest into dis-ease, into health issues. I mean, we need to take another look at those health issues as to what emotionally caused it. Is that correct? Yes. And that's why I would say what I think emotionally causes it is from, from our subjective point of view, I think the one thing that causes it is something that can't be handled and integrated. That's it. Okay. I, and I think it's when something can't be handled and integrated, it does one of a few things. It either creates a fracturing in a field, it creates a clouding of a, of a sort of center, which is about relationships, or it creates a block and a flow. It's only about energetics. That's why I don't think it's about cellular memory. I think cellular memory is a manifestation of an energetic field. Cellular memory is still dense, 
right? So if it's about cellular memory, how do you explain the fact that this happened to a Roman soldier? This woman had no Italian blood, right? <laughs> so it's not cellular memory. Yeah, you're right. It's not ancestral. It could have been ancestral because sometimes people live out their ancestors' stories, at which point I'll find out it's a genealogical story and something happened to an ancestor eight generations ago on your mother's side, and we can find what that is and transform that, or it maybe happened to a lot of your ancestors, and you're living out a collective story. And all of those things you can do a diagnosis for and pinpoint it because you want to find out exactly, you want to laser into exactly what the thing is that couldn't be handled and integrated. So it could be ancestral. It could be karmic. It could be something that happens from another dimension. It could be that you were abducted by a little green person. It could be that somebody in the future put a curse on you. It could be anything. All you have to be able, it's like it could be anything because life, if you can imagine it, it's possible. So anything can be where something crystallized. And if you can find out where it is and you can choose to experience it because when you can't handle and integrate something, you'll have a dense energy and the dense energy will eventually show up as a symptom that's going to be a clue to the thing that couldn't be handled and integrated. Like in her case, chronic back pain. She's trying, life is trying to help her remember, right? Wow. And when you can collect, yeah, right? So you are remembering always wow. until you remember who you truly are at which point you're free and then what you do is then you open to the law of attraction but in a totally different way because you open to it receptively and assertively because when you're truly free you can say yes to everything and it doesn't matter whether it's ego enhancing or not because you can just say yes right and if it's you know if it's abundance you'll say yes And if it's being crucified, you'll say yes, right? You'll say yes to whatever life sends to you because then you'll be in alignment with what life, what life is asking for in order for life to evolve through us and life evolves through us. And the way you know is you feel a true aliveness, not a pseudo aliveness, which is about ego, right? You would say, oh, I know what I want to do. I want to win win the lottery so I can have umbrella drinks. And life might say to you, well, that may be what you think you want, but that may be not what you truly want. Yeah. Right? So it's really about saying, when you get to that place, right, then you just say, okay, life, I'm surrendering to you. That's an active, receptive process. What is enlivening, truly enlivening right now. Now, what enlivens you may not be what you, your ego would want, but you wouldn't be attached anyway, so who would care, right? Yeah, right. So you would say, where am I drawn, right? When you say, what's passion? You know, what's my passion? Well, passion's an interesting thing because in an egoic level, it's what we think it is. It's like, you know, what would make me excited? But what does the word passion really mean? It's interesting, right? The passion of Christ is suffering. Passion means suffering. So if you really open to your passion, it means you can open to everything, right? So, you know, when Jesus is there as an exemplar saying, why hast thou forsaken me, right? You could say as an exemplar, he's still not handling and integrating something. Okay, but in the law of attraction, right? What is life attracting? It needs a sacrifice. And so Jesus says, I can handle that. Because I'm not attached. Well, as soon as he becomes Christ, he's there. He's not saying, you know, well, what I really was asking for was abundance and you gave me this. No. Christ says, forgive them because they're blind. But the only way they're going to get to see is if they can, like, have their hearts touched. And if that means a sacrifice is required right now, NBD. Because they think they're killing me, but, like, I'm not my body. So what's the big deal? They just don't know yet. Right? Interesting. Wow. So the law of attraction, from my point of view, is a recept. It's like you find out where you're drawn, right? Where am I drawn? You know, if I'm just really open to life. And then what happens, and where you're drawn is to either to a yes or to a no, all right? The woman in the thing I'm telling you about, she's drawn to a no. I don't want to have back pain anymore. Or you could say she's drawn to a yes. I want to be free of pain, right? Right? So she's not what she, where she's drawn right now. But like, in order to do that, you have to say, okay, I have to be able to become in a different relationship with the thing that I say no to, right? Mm-hmm. So if you become aware, allow, bring your attention to and say yes to something, you'll find out what life is asking. 
Wow. And then you're free to do what is the normal law of attraction. But the normal law of attraction, which is about a certain kind of mastery, is also developmental. Because in the normal law of attraction, as most people talk about it, it's like something, you know, it's something that enlivens us on an egoic level, right? Most of us wouldn't say, oh, the law of attraction says, you know, it's a good day to die and be crucified, but that's what life is asking for. So I can say yes to that, right? Because that's about an inner kind of mastery of the law of attraction, I think. So I think there's two levels of the law of attraction. And on the first level, what it does for us is it gives us unaware what we're asking for, right? Mm -hmm. She wasn't aware that on one level she needed something. And it's not her, it's not that she created it either. Because if you do, if you say she created it, then you're talking egoically. And then what you do is you blame the victim and say, you know what, if you had only paid more attention to not having back pain, you wouldn't have had back pain. At which point I would say, I don't think so. She still would have had back pain because why she really needed it on one level, but it's not she as an ego that needed it. It's not like she was like not doing the law of attraction. Right. And if she'd only done it better, she wouldn't have had back pain. No. She's doing it perfectly on one level, as long as you know we're talking on a soul level and not an ego level. Because if you say it on an ego level and, you know, that understanding of law of attraction, you'd say, well, if you tried harder, you wouldn't add back pain. At which point now she has two problems. One is she's stuck in a story of betrayal and now she feels like a piece of shit. That's a text. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. So I would say on the first level, we open to what enlivens us, really enlivens us, really enlivens us. And in her case, it's like, you know what? I don't want to be in pain anymore. And that really enlivened her. That's the truth. But in order to get there, right, she has to get to a place where she says, what is keeping me from, what is really what's going on here that's manifesting as that back pain? And when she could find that, then maybe she says, oh, now I've come to a realization that I'm supposed to be a different kind of leader, which I may never have realized at all. And maybe I'm the kind of leader who is supposed to be a little bit more collaborative as opposed to a little bit less and a little bit less, a little more humble. And maybe I came into this lifetime to learn that. And in order to learn that, I had to go through a crucible. Mm. Mm. That's... So you teach people how to become coaches or trainers or healers. I teach people how they can do this healing for themselves. Okay. I teach, I train people about how they can um, be facilitators of other people's healings, which, because like, you know, um, it, you have to know certain things. If you want to qualify, your, qualify yourself to sit with somebody, you have to open to some very strange possibilities and um, be comfortable with everything, right? And you have to know what to do with those strange possibilities. And mainly what you need to do is you need to know that everything is part of the process, everything. And everything is literal. And you have to listen in a way that says, I'm really listening to you because you're always telling your story. And I'm not here to give you advice. I'm here to listen so deeply that I hear what you're really saying, even if you're not listening. Wow. I love that. Okay. So we teach people how to do that. And then we have to teach them how to deal with certain things because, you know, let's suppose it's a story of um, a horrendous curse. Well, Curses are just like a kind of block energy. If someone quote unquote curses you and you can't handle it and integrate it, then you'll play out the curse, right? Or, you know, so you have to open to anything that could happen. Anything you can imagine is a possibility, right? So you train people to help listen and experiencing through listening so that they can give feedback. No, no feedback. No feedback. I mean, sometimes feedback, but feedback is what I do is I train people to, it's like what I train people in is like, I, like we're, it's like we're mapping the universe in terms of stories where people get stuck. 
What I train people in is a way of understanding life and the universe as, as best I understand it now, which I just told you a little bit about my ideas about life, right? Yeah. Right? So I have a certain kind of way of understanding life, which doesn't make it the truth. It just makes it a way that I think, you know, makes some sense in terms of why people get stuck. So I train people in that framework and then I train people about all the places you get stuck. So let's suppose, for example, in that case, right, she says, I think I must have died. Well, then you have to know a way to help them go through a death process, maybe, if they don't know how to do it. So I teach you how to do that. Wow. Or let's suppose there's some kind of acupressure intervention. So I teach you a simple process of like finding out what the deepest intention is and finding out where people are stuck and then how to focus in the body sensations. And then I teach you a lot of interventions and practices. If not, if, if you bring your attention to that body sensation and you let it share its story, if that isn't enough, right? So on one level, it's really simple. All I would say to you is whenever you have anything that's a discomfort, just instead of trying to take a pill and saying, I'm going to get rid of it, say, what have you come to share with me? That's the simplest thing. But if it doesn't occur to you that what has come to share with you of a story of betrayal, you know, 2,000 years ago in ancient Rome, then you might not open to that. So I have to train you and say, look at all these different possibilities, right, of where you could get stuck. And then I teach you like a way of like saying, I can sit with you without getting in the way, but being just present with you fully with all of my open-mindedness and open-heartedness and being fully engaged with you, so I'm fully present with you. And then life is about saying yes, right? Wow. I love this. I just tell people to say, you know, just say yes to whatever you discover. So everyone is like a book, and you're just having the people that you're training to read the book. Exactly. And what I think is everyone is like not just one book. I think everybody's like a library. I think we're like a collective of, of wow. books. Or we're a collective of beings. And you just happen to be one of the beings, jewels in a collective called the soul that is right now manifesting as jewels. If you talk about it in terms of Akashic Records, you could talk about it in terms of books. But what are the books really? The books are living beings, rather, and they could be anything. They could be a mountain. They could be a little green woman. They could be a, you know, a bird. They could be a Native American Indian. They could be jewels at age four. They could be jewels' great-great-grandmother on her father's side. They could be jewels at age 102 in this lifetime with that possibility. They could be who jewels is going to be 50,000 years from now as a possibility. It's it's like this big collective that is this community. And I just, and I say, you can discover all the books yourselves. You don't need to have anybody else do it for you. It's like, you know, why get a priest when you can just have a direct experience? And the way to have the direct experience is the body sensations. Every body sensation that's a discomfort is a book where the story is going to be something that couldn't be handled by some being. And if you become the body sensation, you don't need somebody else to tell you what your past lives were. You'll discover them yourself. I never tell people what they are. I never tell anybody. I mean, you can discover it for yourself. So why you don't need somebody else? I love this. I love this. You are empowering everyone to expand their knowledge. But what this is truly is metaphysics at its finest. Well, if it is, then I'm grateful for that. I'd like it, to think I know a lot of listeners right now, their ears are perking up going, wow, <laughs> this is phenomenal. So, so tell me, okay, now you got me all excited. Tell me about this training, because I know there's a lot of people out there looking for a new career or looking to be helping others. So tell us about the training. What does that consist of? All right. The training usually consists of of introductory weekend, which is typically three days. And in those three days, what we do is I give you the whole, what you call the metaphysics of the whole thing, right? So I give you the whole framework, which is way bigger than I've told you now, because I think there's seven parts to what has to happen if people truly want to be in, in alignment with life, all right? And I teach you in, in that beginning, I teach you that whole thing. And then I teach you how to access the wisdom through the body, which in, accessing the wisdom through the body has two parts to it. Because first of all, every sensation, whether it's a discomfort or 
a, a pleasant sensation is, from my point of view, something that life is trying to share with you. But there's also just the knowing you have when you just know something is the truth. And if you can access that, that knowing knows everything. It knows everything that is happening, has ever happened, and potentially can happen. And so I think all of it is here simultaneously. So I don't think we regress anybody because it's living right now. So why would you have to regress somebody? When I say become the body sensation, it's here right now, right? So like, but it's all here right now. All that is here right now. And the way you know it is there are levels of wisdom. So I teach people how to do kinesiology. But the way I explain kinesiology, if you don't know it, it's called muscle testing also. The way I explain it is that there are three levels of wisdom you have. There are actually four. So there's the wisdom of the conscious mind. That's what you can tell me. I, you know, I say, Jules, what's your name? You say, I can figure that out. My name's Jules. I say, Jules, how much is two plus two? You say, I can figure that out. It's four. I say, Jules, how come you're anxious and what should you do about it? You'd say, if I knew that, I wouldn't be coming to say you. <laughs> well, we know the wisdom of the conscious mind is very limited. We'll give it the power of one, right? Then there's a second level. I'll go through this fast. I'm going to go back to the training, but we teach people about this and I show you how to do it. Then there's um, the wisdom of the unconscious mind. And the wisdom of the unconscious mind is Jules has a dream and Jules says, what the heck was that? Or Jules has a vision or Jules says something that I didn't mean to say that. So it's either deeper wisdom or it doesn't exist. And I think it's much deeper. So I think all of those synchronicities or dreams or whatever, it's like letters from your soul. So I think if the first one has the power of one, the conscious mind, I think the wisdom of the unconscious mind has the power of the speed of light. Then there's a third level. And the third level of wisdom has a lot of good names in Aboriginal cultures and in the East, right? So if you're in China, it's called Qi, like in Tai Chi. Yeah. Right? If you're in Japan, it's called Ki, like Reiki. If you're in India, it's called Prana or Shakti. Okay, we don't have a word for it because we're, you know, the Renaissance you know, materialistic West. So we don't, the most we can say is it's the wisdom and energy that animates us and also our deepest intuitive knowing. So it's an interesting thing. Our life force and our deepest knowing are the same thing. And you can know it in two ways. One way you can know it is if you just know something is the truth, right? You just know it. You don't figure it out. You don't even have a, a feel, an emotion about it. You just know it. So let's say you're doing along jewels and suddenly you, you have this idea. I'm supposed to be like this podcast host. And people say, you're crazy. And you say, well, maybe I'm crazy, but I know it's true for me, so I'm going to do it anyway. And you're probably right, I'm crazy, but I know it's right for me. It's my truth. It doesn't make it the truth. It makes it's my truth, okay? Right. Here's the second way you know about it. And then this is why it's really kind of cool. It's the same knowing that, let's suppose, Jewel, God forbid you have a child, right? And it's a toddler. And a car rolls over that toddler. Huh. And you have to pick that car up. You have to do it. And suddenly, Jules is picking up a 2,000-pound car. Why is that? Did she figure out she could do it? No. Did she have an emotion she could do it? No. She just said, I just knew I could do it. And very small women pick up very large cars. Fathers do it too. And it's not because of adrenaline. It's because they access the part of them that is so powerful that if the conscious mind has the power of one, that level of knowing has the power of the speed of light squared. It's who we truly are. It's pure energy. It's not exactly who we truly are, but it's close. And that level is so strong. And when you're in alignment with the truth, not the egoic truth, when you're in alignment with the truth, right? When you say something or do something that's true, if you're like virtually everybody in the planet, you literally get stronger. And if you say or do something that isn't true, you get weaker. And so what I do is I just say we're going to access that level. And then we're going to start asking questions. And I could ask any question I wanted, and so could you. And I could ask it in Swahili, even if you didn't know Swahili, and you would still give me an answer because that part knows everything. Wow. And it knows, it really it has access to everything because that part is holographic. So, I mean, or it's like, a, it's like, it's like I can explain it to you. I mean, you know, you know holograms? You know holograms? Yeah. Well, it's a very interesting thing, right? If you have a holographic plate and you break it into three trillion pieces, right? Each of them looks different on the surface, right? But in the template, in the blueprint, each of them holds the whole universe as it's evolving. And I think we're like little pieces of holograms or we're like cells in a body. Each cell, it's very interesting. We have about three trillion cells. Each one is you can't find two that are the same. Biologists have told me, but we know in the blueprint of the template, they're all exactly the same. And I think what we are is we are, you could say, mystical cells in a mystical body called the evolution of life. So that means each of us is life. 
It means your life. It means everyone you come into contact with is life. And it means each of us is in relationship to life, just like our cells are in relationship to us. But we know you could take one cell and clone the whole body if you had enough information. And I think that's who we are. And it's not that information, by the way, travels, right? Because it's all happening simultaneously. That's why you could ask a question that was 50 billion light years away. And if you had a way of accessing it, right, if you could check out what was there, you could have that information simultaneously because it's not traveling. It's here right now. That's why when you clone a cell, I'm not going to clone you as a, like, a, you know, one cell. I'm going to clone Jules as she's evolving right in this present moment from one cell. And that's who we are, right? Wow. So you can access all of that. And then it can say, okay, what do you need to do? Do you need to know, discover what you're passionate about? Do you know what you're passionate about, but are you blocked? Do you know how to get rid of your block, but you need to master something? And if it's outer mastery, that's typically what people call the law of attraction, right? right? Or is it about inner mastery, which is about being able to say, I can open to passion, which means I can open to everything. Is it about creating more energy? Is it about becoming more mature? Is it about opening to all perspective? Is it about knowing you are all those perspectives? And we can ask anything except for the fact that most people who come to healers, they typically are coming because they know they want something. It may be a symptom of something like, you know, the woman who has back pain, that's not what she really wanted. What she really needed to do was take care of betrayal. Yeah. It's do know what they want and then all i do what we do in the training in the beginning of the training is we teach you this whole framework in a much more elegant way than this we give you a simple protocol that is five steps that you do over and over and over again which is you find out why people are truly here the most important reason and if you in the beginning we teach you how to get rid of stuckness so we find we help you find out their truest intention where they're stuck we teach you how to talk with body sensations because I'm not interested in talking to Jules because Jules doesn't know, right? And to, to have, help that person go on a journey wherever they need to go because they're just going as the body sensation, which is why I don't think anyone can ever get re-traumatized, which is not what people in my, my field believe, but they think you're regressing someone to age two when they're being ritually abused. But I don't think you're regressing anybody because it's happening right now. Wow. All you have to do is be the one who's saying, oh, that's what happened right? And we teach you how to do that. And then we teach you all these practices and interventions if they need some more. Like they might say, you know, I need that, but I also needed someone to hold my head because I'm feeling so much stress. So I'm going to have the, you know, the best mother in the world. And I teach you how to do practices around stress or practices around anger or practices around forgiveness or all these things. And then we have you practice with a lot of mentoring. And that's the first weekend that stands alone. And then what I do over the course of three more weekends is I teach you how to deal with all of these sort of universal patterns, right? So if you have, you know, you believe something that you know isn't true, so you have a trauma to what's called the headset. Or if you won't let yourself feel some feelings and you're not a choice about expression, you have a trauma to the heart. If you have a boundary issue, right, you don't get to choose what goes in and what goes out. You have a boundary to the belly, and you know, boundary trauma. What about addictions? Addictions. Can that help addictions? Of course. And you can help anything. But what you have to do is you have to find out what the addiction is. So the addiction can be a lot of things, right? Because what can an addiction be? An addiction could be a reenactment, a remembering of a story, right? It could be a way you're protecting yourself from feeling a fear. So we have, I have a whole way of training people about how to deal with addictions that, you know, has many different aspects to it because sometimes one thing that you think is one addiction can have 15 different layers. And I'll train you how to do all those things if you need to because sometimes it's like the addiction is serving you in some way. Sometimes the addiction takes on a life of its own at which point you have to do something not about the reason you had the addiction but the addiction itself because it becomes habituated or it becomes ritualized or something. So you have to know all of those different possibilities if you want to work with an addiction, right? So, yeah. You know, it seems like if you don't resolve those issues in this lifetime, it, you're going to have to deal with them in another lifetime. Well, you do. People deal so with it, it over and over and over again from lifetime. Because I think lifetimes of the soul are like years of us. So, and you know, but anyway, just to go back for a second. So we teach you all in that first weekend. And we have another first weekend coming up at the end of January. We're doing an intensive. We're doing it in two days. We usually do it in three days, but we're doing it in two days. If people want to come to it, it's in Boston. And um, we're 
from then what we're going to do very quickly is we're going to start up setting online trainings. But the, the stuff that you do where we mentor you and you have practicums, we all have to all live. But right now we only do the trainings live. And we only have one training set up right now that's starting, which is in Boston. And it starts at the end of January. And we're doing the first and second weekends back to back. So if someone wants to come, they can come. Okay. So, and it's on our website, which is lifecenteredtherapy.com. Lifecenteredtherapy.com. Yeah, so just go there and you have everything there. Actually, it's quite a really great website in that it gives you a lot of information too for for everything. So it, it's really good. Like I want, I want your audience. I want them to spread this and like I don't. I mean, like what I really want right now is if everybody knew this. I mean, I get to see things. You know, sometimes I mean, we had a woman who came in and she went in a blood draw. That took more than a year for her to do right? Because it was so many different layers. If I told you that story, you'd say, really? (laughs) That one symptom had so many, it was like an archaeological dig through like, I mean, if it started off with a really awful situation of a totally blocked memory of sexual abuse, because what's a blood draw? Something is stuck into you and then you bleed, right? Well, And then there's this whole thing about her and male authority and the fact that it was a male doctor who was giving her the blood draw. And there were other issues around that. And then there was how in other lifetimes she felt like she betrayed trust. So she deserved to be, I mean, like it just, and finally, after about a year, she could get a blood draw, barely, but she said she didn't care because the other stuff that came up was really healing. But I had another woman that in 25 minutes, basically, she had a major depression that nothing was touching. She had fears of crowds and she had to speak in front of crowds. She had chronic neck pain and she had a terrible sense of alienation. And that all went away in 25 minutes because it was only one story. It's an amazing wow. story. So it really depends. I mean, you know, but I get to like, you know, it's like, and it's so simple. What I want your audience to know is like, whenever there's something you're suffering about, what does suffering mean? You're anxious or you're judgmental? What, right? anxious or judgmental about something, or you're comparing yourself to somebody else and saying, I I don't know, right? If you focus in your body, you'll feel something, pain, queasy, numb, whatever. Bring all your attention there and say, what have you come to share about whatever you're anxious about? Now, let's suppose you have pain, right? Uh Right. All Mm -hmm. discomfort is simply something that couldn't be handled and integrated. So when you get a headache, what I'd say to you is before you take a pill and say, I hate your fucking guts, because like that's like, like talking to an aspect of yourself and saying, I hate myself. Say, before you do that, say, headache, what have you come to share with me? And just become headache. Just if not like, I think I know what headache is saying, because then it's still Jules trying to analyze headache. Now, Jules, if I said to our dear Mr. Von Prague over there, what's going on with Jules? Jules be saying, I'm sitting here. Why are you talking to him? I know he's really good at this stuff, but like, why don't you talk to me? And I'd say the same thing about headache. I'm not interested in Jules' understanding of headache. I'm interested in headaches, what headache has come to share to, with, and through Jules. So become headache and say, what have you come to share? For, for you know, 30 seconds. And the world might open up to you. Wow. So that is simple what I do. But then, you know, if it it never occurred to you that what happened to you was, you know, an alien stuck an implant into your ear because you didn't want to hear something and that's why you have tinnitus, you might go a long way and spend an awful lot of money and, but you could just say to the alien, oh, thank you so much. I was grateful for that, but could you please melt the rod? (laughs) That's a true story from my my, uh, I do this with a partner who's amazing. Her name is Joni, and she did that with her husband, mm-hmm. who was an engineer and, like, you know, wouldn't necessarily believe that the likelihood of his tinnitus being, you know, an extraterrestrial implant, whatever you want to understand about that. And if you don't believe it literally, well, you could say, does it ever feel like something else sort of, like, did something to you that sort of affected you a lot? Because, I, I mean, they're, they're, all of these things have themes to them. Yeah. If you can find out the right one and transform it, like, and they're not, if you understand it, it looks miraculous, but it just really, it just like on a whole different level, you'd say an eight-year-old could understand this. So true. 
You know, we are all out of time, but I've got to have you back on so we can continue on. This is really fascinating. Um, and I know that people are going to be very interested in everything you just said. So again, I want to send everybody to life centered centered therapy.com. And, but really, if you want to learn how to do this, I would be profoundly grateful if you want to learn how, because we need people who can do this. Yeah. More people who know how to do it. You know, we could change the world. I think this is wonderful. Good place to be in January 2019. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back next week with another great show from Law of Attraction Talk Radio. If you'd like to comment on tonight's show, send an email to jules at loaradionetwork.com and have a great week.